Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. (laughs) We always start off by laughing now. That's really weird. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. Hey, you guys. We are the blended life, and tonight's topics. I'm not going to, I mean, again, it would take too long to read them all. We're so, just talking about step parenting. Step parenting, the struggles, the trials, the tribulations, the overcomings, the rainbows. Is there rainbows in step parenting? Why are you just staring at the camera awkwardly? All right. Apparently, there isn't. I think there is, but. That's us just agreeing to disagree again. Okay, so where are we starting? Well, I thought it'd be fun for you to rate yourself as a step-parent. Okay. Like... Kids have been playing Fortnite on the iPad. Yeah. Um, how do you think That's you're... not fair for me to rate myself as a step-parent. Well, how do you think you're doing as a step-parent? Like, um, how do you think... Like, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do you... Because I feel like... I feel like I often talk about my struggles with step parenting. I feel like I do it in our support group online. You know, our Instagram page is primarily all my content. So I feel like I speak a lot. I write a lot. Right. I interact a lot on this specific topic, but you don't really get to. So I'm asking you. (laughs) Right. What What are your strengths and weaknesses? How do you think you are as a step parent? I was. I'm not prepared for this, honestly. Um. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Like, I think that a heads up on this topic would have been good. You're the (laughs) one that came up with this topic. No, but not to rate myself. Come on, you guys. Go rate yourself right now. Go. Um, I don't know, really. Like, I feel like I try as a step-parent. Is step-parenting the easiest thing? No. But I also don't feel like it's a huge struggle like some people make it out to be. Um, but also I'm just an insensitive guy, I guess, when it comes to stuff like that. Like I don't get my feelings hurt so bad when my stepkids don't like me or they disapprove of me, or I don't feel over the top when they do approve of me and do like me. I feel like it's part of it. It's going to have its ups. It's going to have its downs, right? Like just like parenting. I mean, if I were to rate myself as a parent, do I think I'm a perfect parent? No, not at all. I feel like we're always learning. But okay, but what are you, like what are some of the, your strengths? I could tell you your strengths and weaknesses. Okay, maybe you like do that. You, no, because you have <laughs> Let's to hear like. Them. But I think it's good to be. It might like, inspire me to come up with some ideas. 
Sorry, you guys. This is a little slow start here. I really, I have no idea. Like, I you am have I no reading idea my idea about yourself. My, my uh, on a scale from like <laughs> I one just to C know what or you think, like you're to, good at and what you feel like you could grow in. Um, because I could. Like, I, what do you think are your strengths? Like, what what do you bring to the table for as a stepdad? Um, I think I bring a sense. Uh, you know what? There's always been the stereotype of step parent or stepdad that has always been like this guy is just an a-hole, you know, he's um, you know, beats the stepkids, whatever. <laughs> like, you we know, you guys right see there. it in all the movies, you know, I'm sure all the Hallmark movies have this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Someone wants to get away from their no, stepdad. Hallmark movies do not have that. It's all glitter and butterflies. <laughs> you know, I I feel like I get along great with the with the stepkids. I don't feel like I have tension with them. Um, I see them and I get angry and don't want to be around them, or they see me and get angry and don't want to be around me. You know, I feel like we get along just fine. Could we be closer? Yeah, always. Could you and I be closer in our marriage? Yeah, always. You know, but I feel like there's more positives than there are negatives. I don't feel like we're living some terrible life like, Man, why are we doing this? You know, why is this guy my stepdad? I don't feel like the kids ask that all the time, you know, and vice versa. Like you as a stepmom, I'm not asked like, why is she my stepmom? You know, I feel like we, we do fine. Is there always room for improvement? Yeah. So what are, do you have like an area or two that you feel like you want to do better in or you're falling short or could grow more? You know, I, I think that's a, I think that's a loaded question, but it's a, it's a rabbit hole. Because in order to do better in some areas, usually, and I think you'll agree with this, usually isn't just upon yourself. Now, you can always try to do better, but I think that it takes everyone, it takes a joint effort. Like, if I want to be closer to the kids, the kids have to want to be closer to me or want to be around me more often. You know, like, I try to include the kids in everything that I do. I guess that's that's a strength. I always think of all the kids and how it's going to affect everyone. You know, I'm not just thinking about myself or my children, um, my biologicals. I'm always thinking about how is this going to affect every kid in the household, you know, if it's something that would affect the children. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Anyways, (laughs) enough about me. (laughs) You said nothing about you. Yeah, enough. That was plenty about me. Yeah, but I think, so this is something that I think with step parenting, um, what I've come across a lot with just talking with people is I think you have to know two things when you're going into step parenting. You have to know what your partner's expectations are of you, and you have to know your limitations for yourself because often you have expectations up here and your limitations are here and they don't match up. And I see that a lot with people. And so it's super important that you really check in with yourself. You know, like if there's a big ask, like um, if there's a big ask of you as a step parent and you're not comfortable with it, you don't want to do it. um, You don't agree with what you're being asked. You know, and let's say you go ahead and give in because your partner really wants you to do this. 
you may agree to do it, but I will tell you it'll build resentment later. You know, so if if it's something you're not truly like agreeable with and it's it's something that you're just doing to appease the other person, um, you can only sustain that for so long before you break. I think before you get resentful, before you want out, before this blended life is so hard. Um, so I think that um, it's important to be introspective. I think you have to really know what you, because you want to be confident too. You want to know what you bring to the table. You know, what are your strengths? Because it's really hard. So you sometimes have to pep talk, pep talk yourself and like, I'm good for this family. I'm good for my stepkids. This is why you need that. You also need to know where you're, where you're failing. If you can't see where you can grow, you'll never be better. If you, if you think that you just walk on water and there's no room for growth or your growth is dependent on other people, not just because you're said that, but like, I'm not saying other people. I'm saying you have everyone. to like you or you can only change yourself. Somebody else can't change. So this you. is where this is where this comes in. Where I'm like, the relationship with the stepkid. You know, you're like, well, you can't force people to love each other. You know, you can't force people to have a relationship. Right. You know, what if one person, step parent, mm-hmm. wants that relationship, and the stepkid isn't into that relationship? Mm-hmm. How can you then grow? It takes those two people. That's my point. My point is right, your point. but I'm I'm saying like step like you as a step parent. Aside from, like, what are your strengths? Like, I would say your strengths are is that you're super funny, and the kids all really like that. You're super easygoing, and the kids all really respond well to that. You're fun; they really like that. You don't overstep boundaries. They don't feel like you're trying to replace their dad they don't feel like you're you know you're trying to be something you're not you know they don't feel like you're trying to upset their world they you know another strength is you allow them to love me you know and you don't discipline them like you allow me to take the lead on that and I think kids have a hard time when they see something not right like you know kids have a hard time when the bio parent isn't allowed to be number one because kids know like hey you're my step parent you're my bio parent right and I think that the kids appreciate in our home that you know we give each other that respect and room there are so many strengths that you do have um but you know you know a lot so the kids learn a lot just by being around you I mean that type of stuff distance us though or keep us from blending our families at all you the know strengths my, well some of those strengths you know that i'm not um i don't step in and discipline a ton um i don't really i don't meddle in their in their issues if you know if something's going on i let you as a biological parent handle it you know does that keep us from bonding better um I don't know because we've never tried it any other way. Right. I don't know. But I, you know, there has been times where I know my son has said he wanted you to take more of that dad role. Right. And he's voiced that a few times. However, when I do try to do that, he's very standoffish, you know, I'm like, hey, let's go do something or let, you know, what about this? Or let's work on this or, you know, yeah, if it's not, you know. 
Yeah, I think kids are confused. Kids I think are confused. In what they want, it. they don't know what they want or, you know. But I think that you have a lot of strengths. Thanks. Now, I won't go into weaknesses because that'll just start a fight. But <laughs> I'm just saying, like. We don't have that kind of time on the podcast. No, but I'm your strengths way out, way any weaknesses. But there, is there places that you and I can grow in Always. our step parenting? Of course. But we have to do that, you know, and you have to, I feel, I feel like it's important for every step parent to kind of know their Achilles heel, to know their weaknesses, um, and to also really understand their limitations. And you need to have those conversations with your spouse and your partner. Um, you can't smile and nod. You really need to be honest. Um, and your partner has to be honest about their expectations because what happens is, is you guys are all in love and get married. And then 10 years down the road, expectations are, I never knew you expected that. Well, how do you know you didn't expect change, you know? Yes. You always got to keep talking. Communication. Yeah. So, um, Every oh my gosh, you guys! We had so many great feedback for things to discuss on tonight's podcast. Thank you so, guys. so we're just gonna keep. We're just gonna go for it. Um, <laughs> so, someone asked, wrote in on Instagram, "How do you both agree on discipline and reward strategies?" We don't. For the dogs. <laughs> yeah, they run outside. We tell them treats. They come back in. Give them yeah, I think this is one of the things that we have accepted so I don't even know if it's a struggle anymore but we have very different parenting styles I wouldn't say very different we have (laughs) we can't even agree on this okay you can't agree on this I think that we have very similar parenting styles but we also like to control our parenting styles therefore we parent kind of the same but we do it on our own you know we might set up different bedtimes or um, rewards or behavior <laughs> exercises, whatever. Yes. But at the end of the day, we still have the same type of expectations. You know, we still, it still boils down to the same stuff. Right. That's why it's like we have, we share core values and core beliefs, but how we, how we discipline that or reward that looks different. For us, Our, it, the parenting styles are different. The The main goals of what we want our kids to be are the same. We just go about it differently and our kids with are our all, kids. Our kids are all very different, too. They so, are. And I that's mean, true, like, for any kid. What works for one kid isn't going to work for another kid, whether you're in a blended family situation or not. Yeah. Um, because, I, yeah, I mean, I definitely discipline my kid differently than you discipline like I discipline my son differently than you discipline your son but you discipline your son differently than you discipline your daughter they all get away with different things differently and they all have different types of consequences but I think a lot of that too comes to their comes down to their age you know they're at different ages um, different types of um, discipline needed for different types of action so, yeah. therefore, they're all treated a little differently, although they are all disciplined differently at the same age. So, when your daughter was, or when your son, when your daughter's the same age that your son was, excuse me, um, she's disciplined differently than your son was at that age, you know, and my son is disciplined differently. However, they're all still learning the same lessons and the same values 
and just a little differently. And I don't think that's necessarily because we like one better than the other or um, necessarily mean to discipline them differently. I think they're all different kids and we've also learned from disciplining different ways and like how can we make this better how can we change this type of discipline that didn't work you know so the older ones get disciplined one way and it's kind of like trial and error like did that work they were a guinea pig for that type of discipline and then you change it you know and I think I learned from you when you discipline your kids and and vice versa we kind of see what works and what doesn't work and we change things up and I've seen I've seen numerous times we've changed up our discipline or habits on something because of a circumstance in the way that it's happened for another kid. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we don't both agree. And that's something that we could either spend every waking moment of our lives fighting against the grain, you know, and arguing about it and trying to get on the same page and, and putting all of our energy there. Um, I'm just not interested in fighting every day. You know, I'm not interested in having discussions over something I have no power over and vice versa. You know, I feel like I do what I believe is in the best interest of my children. He feels like he's doing the be- what he feels in the best interest of his kids. And I think that you have to respect parents enough to allow that. And it's great if you're harmonious and you all are on the same page. But if you're not, I would invite you to maybe just agree to disagree and let the bio parent lead and be a support, you know. Um, and then if it's something that you don't agree with, then you don't be a support. Like a lot, like give space, don't punish, don't nag. But if if you're if the bio parent's going to make a decision about their kid and you're like not on board, I think you need to be respectfully stepping away from that situation. Yeah, but also. But also you are a team, you know, so don't just step away without saying anything. Sure. You know, and it doesn't have to be in front of the kid, but tell your spouse, be like, you know what? I don't yeah. agree with this and state your case. This is why. And if they ultimately feel differently, yep. then let them go that way. But if you feel that something isn't right or it could be done better or differently, um, I think it's our job as a husband or wife to step in and help support your spouse give them better ideas like we learn from each other and it's hard it's that's murky waters to kind of walk in (laughs) when you're trying to challenge a parenting situation as a step parent right you go to your spouse and you're like oh I just don't agree with that it's wrong you know I think bio parents the very first thing is you turn on like you're you're on the defensive now because You're being challenged on your parenting. And a lot of us are very sensitive. And even if you say you're not, if your first reaction is to get defensive, you are. Like if your first reaction when the step parent comes to you and is trying to discuss something they feel is off and you're like defensive and argumentative and you can't just sit there and receive, then you're just a sensitive parent like the rest of us. Um, and, And so... I don't know. It's just, it's also, I also have to put that out there. Like as, as much as it's like, yes, communicate. I do understand how as a step parent, that's a really like, sometimes you just don't want to say anything because again, you don't want to cause a fight or you don't want to have an argument or 
I don't want to sit here and listen to why I'm wrong and why you're right. And it's just not going to change anything. So, um, it's, it's, it's hard. We have, um, Brooke who says, don't be resentful. Right. I mean, you can't be resentful if you're being honest. I don't so. So if you're being honest and you're communicating, I think that helps a lot of resentful tendencies. Yeah, that that's going to squash up. all the resentment that's going to happen and really just opens up that line of communication. Mm-hmm. And your partner's not having to guess, like, are you all right? You know, are you mad at me? Did I do something? It takes that out because you know what is happening at that point. And then yeah, also, but you have to understand, like, if you ask questions, you can't be mad at the answer. Right. Like, if, if you don't want to know, don't ask. And if you get an answer you don't like, then, you know, I, I you can't be mad at the other person or, you know. But it, also, if you're going to take yourself out of it, you can't hold that grudge either. You can't be resentful. If you're like, I'm going to take myself out of this, I don't care, but I'm going to hold a grudge and I'm not going to tell you about it or I'm just going to carry it around, like... That's no, kind of, you just need to be like, you. not my problem. If it's not your problem, then make it not your problem. Let it go, right? Yeah. And not let it affect the rest of the household or you and your spouse. Be like, you know what? Not my problem. Like, m- yeah. move on. The only thing that does come up with us, um, because I, th- oh, I don't want it to us. come up. Well, I say that we don't agree, and I'm trying to, <laughs> like, we accept that we don't agree, and it's not all rainbows and sugar corn i love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches um you know the kids do come to us and say why why does someone get to stay up till 2 a.m and i have to go to bed at 10 30 you know or why do i get to have this experience and i and the other person doesn't or why do i have to do this chore and the other person doesn't have to do that chore or why am i being punished for this when the other kid gets away with it um, we deal with that on both ends a lot. And and not only between stepkids, but also biological kids, too. I see that happen, too. Yeah. And so I think the best way and how I handle it, and it, I'm just honest with the kids, right? Like, I'm your bio parent. You know, you we tell the kids exactly what we're telling you guys. Like, it isn't my job to do what I believe is in, the, is in the best interest of you guys. And so I am your mom, and that is my, like, right. That is what is going to happen. And he has the same right to do with his kid, you know. And we're just honest with what is. And we're, we're a blended family. You know, you, you don't have – it's not all fair. That's a really hard thing, but it's a good life lesson. You know, kids, it's not fair. It's not – even in blended families amongst kids. Um, and I think that you need to acknowledge that to kids. That'll go a long way. Um, and that's kind of how we broach the subject. Brooke also says, if the bio parent makes a decision, sometimes you just got to roll with it. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you know, is that a hill you're willing your marriage to die on? I don't think, I don't think there's much that, I don't think step-parenthood and your role in having stepkids should be so significant that it can end a marriage. Yeah, not at all. You know, that's like, letting kids get the power. And that's also, I mean, the grudges and the bitterness like that just, it ruins not only marriages and families, but it also ruins you as a person. Like if you carry this type of stuff around, resentment, 
You know, think of any time you've been resentment toward, or you know, had resentment towards somebody or a situation. Like, it's never felt good. You're like, oh, I remember, I remember being so angry about this. And man, that was the greatest time of my life. That's not how it goes. It usually takes you with it. it it's, it feels like depression. It's a type of depression that just brings you down with it. It so, eats you alive. Yeah. So if you can let go of that and not have that in your life, like you're just going to be a happier person and a better person. Yeah. So the next thing we got, ri- it kind of goes along with the first topic, but compromising parenting styles. I know, see, this is something that we all struggle <laughs> with. I, and just Why'd know you guys give good- us all the hard questions? No, but it's just, it's parenting styles are really hard. You, you know, you're not having kids together. You're, it, you know, it's, it's just hard and it's a, it's a struggle. You have to find your own way. That's all I can tell you. Like you need to hash it out, talk it out, have patience, have grace, give it time, see what works for you, see what doesn't, know what your limitations are, know what the expectations are. And it's just, it's, it takes time. Um, anyway, compromising on parenting styles, kids respecting toys while other kids smash toys and get replaced. So we'll break this up. Compromising on parenting styles. It's a give and take. I want to talk about smashing toys. Okay. I feel like we kind of covered that. Um, but I do know like one set of kids are taught to respect their belongings and the other set of kids break it or leave it outside and don't care for it, and then it gets replaced. Right. And you're teaching them two different lessons here. That's a really hard thing. That's a totally hard thing because the kids are learning lessons in their in themselves too. You know, you break a toy or leave it outside, mm-hmm. which is which is probably a really common thing for a lot of people. Like, oh, well, Johnny left his, you know, bike out front. It's all rusted now or it got stolen, and now mom or dad's going to replace it. You know, whereas the other kids are taught to be responsible about it. And, um, you know, there's lessons in all of this. You know, if it depends on how you want your kids to learn the lesson. Do they want, you want them to learn the lesson that everything is just handed to them. It gets, you know, it gets broken. Um, or, and then it gets replaced. Or, uh, you know, see, so if you guys have the same type of parenting style, those lessons can come into play, but I could see how that would be a hard thing as a child, you know, like my bike got stolen and I don't get it replaced, but we both left our bikes out and hers gets replaced, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, I'm careless with my toy Mm -hmm. and so I'm going to ruin it. Right. And I know I'm going to get a replacement. So no big. And you have little Susie over here being like extra careful because she's like, I don't get this. I was looking for little Susie answer. Little Susie. No, I <sighs> You know what the the problem I see with that and it's something that it's one of those parenting things that I've learned about over the years is that just replacing things for kids turns kids into entitled children. They're just entitled and they're careless and there's no worth in things. And one of the just one of the most recent things that I've realized that on was it was probably about a year ago ish and my son had his cell phone and he was messing around at his friend's house and shot the home button. It was like an iPhone six or something had a home button shot the home button to see if it would turn on or turn off whatever. And it ended up cracking it breaking the whole with like a BB screen. gun or like what? an airsoft gun or something like a oh. pellet, mm. you know. 
And, and you know, it comes home like, oh, I'm, you know, tells me a story. I messed it up. Can I get a new one? I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, like you, this is a lesson that you're going to learn, you know, like you're careless about something, you know, especially phones. All of us as parents, I think I'm the only one that has never dropped my phone. I've dropped my phone a thousand times, never cracked and broke it. That's why I knocked on wood. But I think we've all dropped our phones or something of value. I dropped my camera the other day with lens on. Like I was at a shoot and dropped it. Like didn't mean to. And anyways, we've dropped stuff and you're like, where's my edit undo button? I can't undo that, you know? Um, But it's a good life lesson. Like take more care in what you're doing and think about things that you're doing. Like I totally dropped my camera with it in my arm, like being kind of careless, carrying too many things at once, trying to open the trunk of my car to switch out lenses and just, and it fell out of my arm. But what do you do in this? Like, let's get back to the step parent. I'm just telling, no, it's life like, lessons that we all learn. But what do you do when one set of kids in the household is getting away with something and the other set aren't? And that's where you talk with your kid and be like, look, you know, it's, it's great for them, but explain to them that this is going to be a life lesson. This is going to serve them as adults. You know, this stuff costs money. This takes X amount of time, you know, your your $500 cell phone, you know, isn't just a quick replaceable thing. Now, mom or dad has to go to work and work for X amount of hours or X amount of days in order to replace this. Yeah. You know, it doesn't just come that easy. And um, I know some parents are indifferent about talking to their kids about financial stuff or um, any type of money related things. But I think teaching your kids the value of a dollar and how hard it is to make one or how easy it is to make one, I think kids, especially kids who get a lot of stuff, have no idea how much this stuff costs or how much mom or dad sacrifices for this or how valuable this is. And, you know, your kids might have a wonderful life. They might have everything they've ever wanted. Um... But that might not be the case when they get out of the house. They might be 18, move out, want to move out. They might go to college doing whatever. But just because dad's a doctor or mom's a doctor doesn't mean that little Johnny's going to grow up to be a doctor. And now all of a sudden, you know, the Xbox system comes easy. The new computer comes easy. The big flat screen on the wall comes easy. But they move out and they want to be, I don't know, something that doesn't make that much money. And now that stuff doesn't come as easy. So teaching teaching your kids the lessons, that's a good way to, to teach them. You know, if a kid's getting something replaced, you know, be like, well, this is why we can't replace it. You know, it, here's a lesson and give them a lesson there. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? You look at me like blank eyes. Yeah, I, I think that the, this person's wanting to talk about the two, like two you sets talk. of kids having two different, like one set of kids has to take care and doesn't get things replaced while another set of kids just smashes it and gets it taken, gets it replaced. And if you are living in a household where this is you um, and you guys can't compromise or come to an understanding in your marriage about how to handle this, then I think Eric's right. You're going to have to talk to your kids. If your kids are the ones who are taking care of their stuff and not having it replaced, well, then good on them. They might get more things because they're not wasting 
gifting or whatever on replacing stuff that's been broken. Now, if you have kids who are breaking your other kids, like if your biological kids are breaking this, your stepkids things, then you have boundary issues and that's a whole nother situation that, you know, I mean, what do you do in that? Do you lock up toys? Do you put locks on rooms? Do you punish you know, is it offensive to punish because, you know, the Pio parents like, oh, it was an accident. And you're sitting there as a step parent going, that was no accident. Well, Because limit- this happens a lot. You know, bio parents are really quick to defend their children because their children, that's their children. And I, you know, I mean, you can't argue that, you know, and step parents who don't have those, maybe those heart goggles on with, with kids because they're not their own are like, no, I, I watched this kid do this, or I've seen them do it before, like, chances are this kid broke it. And see, this is where, like, marriages get in trouble because then you're fighting about kids. And then you're fighting about step-parent versus bio-parent and who's right and who's wrong. And um, it's a struggle. What were you going to – sorry, you were going to say something? Mm. No. Yeah, um, you put a limitation on that pretty early on in our relationship that the kids basically, if it's not yours, you don't touch it without asking the rightful owner's permission. So I if, just felt like that was respectful. If my kid wanted to play with your kid's basketball, my kid had to go ask yours. And which is, yes, it's great. It's, it's a respectful thing. Um, and kind of to each family their own. But it was something that kind of kept our kids away from having experiences like that where my kid takes your kid's basketball out, pops it or loses it or, you know, rolls down the gutter, can't get it back. Now your kid comes home or didn't know it left in the first place. And so it it, it really gets rid of a lot of room for error and misunderstandings. Yeah, and I just... I think that people need to learn to respect other people's things. And I mean, in adulthood, you have to. I couldn't go to my workplace and go take something off of somebody else's desk because I wanted to use it. Or go to my boss's office and be like, hey, I like your phone better than mine. I'm going to go ahead and switch that out now. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're um, in friendships, you can't do that. You don't walk over to your, your friend and be like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and take your car today because I like it better than mine. And uh, you can drive my POS. Yeah. Like you have to, you know, you ask. They're little people. We're teaching them life lessons. Yeah. And I think that you need to approach all your parenting and step parenting like that. There's, there should be a life lesson. There should be a bigger picture. Um, Are you raising entitled brats? Are you raising respectful humans? Um, Are you raising needy kids? Are you going to raise independent kids? Um, And I just, you know, I think when you're more mindful and you have those discussions in your marriage about like, what, what kind of kids are we raising? So maybe not come at it as my kid did this or your kid did this or no, my kid didn't. Maybe you have bigger conversations about, listen, what is our goal here? Like what kind of kids are our household putting out into the world? And then maybe you guys can agree on, you know, respectful, polite kind, understanding, empathetic, strong, whatever it is that you guys can agree on, maybe write it down. And then you guys can further that by you see these things that you want your kids to be. Then you guys talk about how are we going to run our household 
so that we check all these boxes. When our kids leave here at 18, they are respectful, kind, courteous, helpful, strong, independent. Um, And I think that when you can start creating it like a bigger picture, a bigger outlook, and you can come at it like that and to make it not about one kid but all the kids and your goal for your family – I think it's easy to make family rules and have standards and to get on the same page with discipline and get on the same page with rules and get on the same page with rewards and stuff like that. Because um, I think we tend to give into our kids and their personalities and they tug on our heartstrings and we lose sight of who we're raising and what we're raising them to be because we're emotional about it. Um. All right, moving in together soon. Okay, another topic, sorry. Um, We're moving in together soon after three years. Stepson 13 and I get along. How not to ruin it? Don't borrow trouble, right? If you're getting along um, and you're moving in together, um, it's like asking me, I'm five foot nine and 125, 30 pounds, and I want to know how not to get fat. Well, you're pretty dang skinny and you look great. So just keep on doing what you're doing. Right? <laughs> Thanks. But I'm just saying, like, don't don't borrow trouble. Right. You know, it was, take it day by day. Take situations, situation by situation as things come up. You You don't get overwhelmed, you know, you, you live in the winds and you acknowledge the winds and you keep open lines of communication and you respect boundaries. You're going to talk to your fiance, partner, spouse, whoever this is, um, and, and have that conversation about what are your expectations with me living in the home? Here's my limitations of what roles I can take on and I'm willing to, um, you kind of work that stuff out before you move in, and that'll, you know, take a lot of pressure off your relationship with your stepson because you know where you're going. Yeah. And I just be open. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, be open. Be open if your stepson needs you or he doesn't need you. You know, don't put pressure on it. Don't have these unrealistic expectations of um, perfection. But live in the fact that stepson 13 and I get along, that's a pretty big statement that I don't hear a lot. 13-year-olds are really hard. Um, Teenage years are really hard, especially for step-parents dealing with teenagers. So um, congratulations. I'm sorry if I have no more helpful words than that. Do you have anything to say to that? You're out of words? I know. Wow. It's pretty spectacular. Uh, Yeah. No. You've said it all. (laughs) Oh, so Brooke says, this is really good. She said, ask kids how, ask how kids feel about changes in the home, even down to the decor. That's really true. You need to pull kids in. So that would be a good way for this. Like a van and pull kids in? (laughs) This would be (laughs) a good way for this um, stepmom who has this 13-year-old stepson and they're going to move in together you know, make him feel as much part of the process as you both are, you know, what room, you know, maybe if you don't have a room choice, but like, hey, what color do you want your room or what, what, where do you think the couch should go? Or um, what do you think we should put here? You know, include 
him in the decision making and he'll feel part of the home right off the bat. And that's a really good way to set the tone for how your family will be if he's just included. Same with if you have an hours baby. You know, if you're having an hours baby for the first time and you have step children in the home or other kids, you know, pull them in, make them part of everything. Like bring them to the doctor, let them hear the heartbeat. Maybe even, you know, have them help with suggestions for names or, you know, and and it's normally a mom and dad thing to do, but in a blended family, like that's all kind of gone and passed. Yeah. Include them, make them feel like they have ownership. Diapers. (laughs) Yeah. But is if kids feel like they have ownership or a stake in your family, I think it helps them to not have attitude and be strong willed and want to you know, go against the grain and challenge everything. If they feel like they are, they are just part of it and they're in it with you guys. I think that that will, that changes a lot for kids. And I think it changes a lot for the relationship between step parent and stepchildren too. Um, because everyone doesn't feel isolated. Everyone kind of feels in it together. And so that's kind of a really good goal to have for everyone. Yeah. Um, Include everyone. All right, my 15-year-old son and fiancé butt heads and fight all the time. My son only sees his dad four days a month, which is dad's choice, so I think he is rebelling that my fiancé is around all the time and more of a dad figure than his real dad. My son is disrespecting my fiancé. My fiancé is trying to parent and not allow my son to be a creep. There is currently nothing positive in the relationship. It's all around awful, and I feel like I'm in the middle. Any suggestions of how to make this dynamic better? Yes. Would you like to go first? You just said yes. Keep going. Well. You're on a roll. So I think that there, I think that, Oh, this is a woman writing in, obviously, but I think that she needs to be the parent and he needs to support her and he needs to stop trying. Like, obviously, how he's going about being a step parent isn't working. So you can either continue on the same path and have struggle or you can swallow some sand and take a step back and you can let the bio parent kind of lead here and be a support. And I think kids soften when they see their parent not um, bulldozed. You know, I think kids get really defensive when they see their parent in the household like overran or um, do you Getting know? plowed. But <laughs> what's the word? She's what's the term? Well, I don't know the term. There's a term. I just can't think of it. But I think that kids get off, like it's off putting when somebody who's not their parent tries to come be the parent. Some kids, when they're really younger, it doesn't matter. But as kids get older, that doesn't fly. So I think if it's not working, you have to try something new. Um, and I think that it would be wise if he stopped trying so hard and stopped trying to be something he's not. You know, don't be the dad if you're not the dad, especially if the kid is not accepting it or rolling with it or giving into it 
or cowtailing even to it. Um, so I think that it needs to be talked about between you and your fiance, how you're going to approach this differently. Yes, no, maybe so. Yeah, you know what? What if instead of just... Railroaded. Thank you, Brooke. Run a train. Yeah. Um, What I was thinking, though, is rather than trying to pull him away, because obviously if he's parenting to any degree or over-parenting, part of him is really invested or part of him really cares enough to do that. Otherwise, he just wouldn't at all. Maybe talk to him about changing his way of going about it because that's obviously not working well with this 15-year-old. You know, is this... Maybe ask him, you know, if you were a 15-year-old, is this the way that lessons would have come across to you? You know, maybe he's going about the lessons the wrong way. Maybe he is being that stereotypical stepdad that is butting in and just being a jerk. And I don't know the situation, so that might not be it at all. But maybe he's just going about it the wrong way. Right. And the kid needs this man to take him aside and really just not be harsh with him about it and, you know, pound it into him, you know, because Mm -hmm. you're going to be a strong young man. And, you know, people are like that. Maybe this kid needs to be taken aside and talked to differently. And this this stepdad needs to get on the kid's level and be like, look, I understand what you're going through. Or, you know, break it down a little bit more for him. Don't just give him the lessons without the curriculum to completely you know learn the whole lesson right you basically need everything like you need to break this whole thing down for the kids so that's my input is maybe breaking this down a little bit for them and approaching it differently Mm -hmm. and the kid might respond better to that you know if all of a sudden this guy just stops cold turkey and just stops caring about the kid well I don't think that you don't care and you don't stop cold turkey I think that you let the bio parent lead and you act as a support. Like you let the bio parent lay down the rules and then you, you can help enforce them. Right. You know, like you, you let the bio parent set bedtime or like, this is what's okay for you to do, or this is an acceptable. So bio parent sets bedtime and uh, kid doesn't go to bed at bedtime. Ste- um, bio so parents out of the house bio or, or in the house and bio parent just, she's, a little bit quieter and doesn't have control over this 15 year old teenage boy. Yeah. You know, stepdad's like, this isn't all right in my house. Well, here's I'm going to step thing. in. You're going to go to bed. You're going to listen to me. Yeah. Maybe it just needs, maybe he just needs to go into the room and be like, listen, your mom set a yes. time for this and right. break it down. Yeah. This is why you need to go to bed at this time. You know, right. Tell him all, you know, all the reasons. Maybe the kid just needs more communication in his life. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's counterintuitive, too. If this kid is feeling a certain way of, like, jealousy or, like, I don't get my dad. And so, like, I'm missing my dad and I want my dad. And it's unfair that I have, my dad isn't in my life, but you are. And I think that if you push on that wound, and I think that's what's happening here. I think that... Whether he knows it or not, I think that this stepdad, I don't even think it's it's intentional necessarily, but if this stepdad is inserting himself and inserting himself is pushing on this wound of, you know, I'm sad and I'm mad and I want my dad and it's unfair I don't have him, but I have to deal with you. 
Um, it doesn't, there's no healing in that. There's no, um, there's only bitterness. There's only resentment. There's only fighting. And I just think it's, it's counterintuitive to try to force something on a kid when they're hurting like this, like clearly this child and she acknowledges it like that she even thinks he's rebelling because his, this stepdad's around more than his own father. That's a hard pill for kids to swallow. And, you know, parents make all these decisions and kids have no say. And yet we expect our kids to act like little perfect humans who aren't being put through horrible things that are unnatural, unreasonable, and stuff they never wanted or asked for. And so I think parents really need to rethink, like, Kids are human too. No, they don't control the household. Yes, there should be respect, but you also have to honor where they're at. You know, you also have to understand that they have feelings, that they're hurt, that they're angry, and how you go about things needs to, you need to be mindful of that, you know, and she says that she feels like she's in the middle. Well, take yourself out of the middle. You're only in the middle because you allow it. You know, like step up and parent or like stop complaining about it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like step up. I had up, like a punching like, sound effect. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's, 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 I think that parents have a responsibility to lead the way. And I think it's unfair to make the step-parent do that, even if you marry someone who really wants to. Um, the kids may not be receptive to that. And you have to know your audience, and right now your kids are your audience. So I think that in this situation, just something has to change, or it will be a long road of really hard times until he's out of the house, and maybe he won't want to come back. You know, but I do think it's great, like you said, that he's stepping up because a lot of step parents don't. But I think that it's not working, and so it needs to change. And so, all right, moving on. Um, the next person wrote in and said, "I know relationships can't be forced, and being someone who had ha- who has had step parents that I loved and not loved so much, I'm very understanding of that." What have you or others done to help break through some of the walls that both step-parent and children might have up? I want to work towards building a respectful and trusting relationship with the kids. Kool-Aid. Lots of Kool-Aid. Well, I think that one thing that you have an, an advantage of most step-parents is that you're a step-kid yourself. And I think empathy is a very powerful relationship tool. I don't know of many deep, intimate relationships that can exist without empathy. So the fact that you're able to do that sets you way far beyond measure, you know, from people who aren't stepkids and can't relate and they're taking on a role they really have no idea about. So you are far and beyond um, equipped to do this, I guess is my point. Um, How break down walls. Um, so my thing's always time and consistency. You know, you show up, you be a support, you're kind, and you're just consistent. You know, kids trust consistency. 
And when there's a divorce and their worlds are ripped apart and there's new people coming into their home and they're moving and there's so much that is unnatural, they don't trust much. They're, you know, their, their world. And so you just have to stay the course and you need to just be as consistent and present as you can be and it'll come in their time. You can't force someone to be vulnerable and break down walls before they're ready as much as you wish you could. You don't have that power. Um, so I think that is ultimately, and it's hard, you know, it's a long drawn out thing. You know, what do you think about breaking down walls? They will come in their time. I was listening to you. Now you nailed it. What's the next one? <laughs> We're just moving on. <laughs> I don't, that's, it's how it's going. Let's just keep going. What's the next one? Okay. Finally meeting the boys for the first time on Saturday. I'm excited and nervous, trying not to think about what happens if she backs out. Positive thoughts. So excited for them to set, spend some alone time with their dad. What is the best way to approach all the new to them? I want to get them used to it here and him and then me. I'm going to just ease into it and take the day as it goes, I think. Take a back burner and observe type of approach, question mark. I'm trying to put my thought process in their little minds. It's going to be a lot for them to take. What are your thoughts? So there's, I'm confused. So the kids are meeting. Her stepmom for the first time. Her stepmom? No, her being the stepmom. Okay, and the kids have, wait, I'm, I'm super confused on this one. So the kids don't know that they got married? Maybe they're not married. Maybe it's a girlfriend situation, sorry. So they're Step dating and then she's just finally going to meet the kids. Yes. Yeah, so we've talked about this before. Um, I would start off slow, like you're suggesting, not, no overnighters, you know, with the kids around at least for a long time, and start off easy. Uh, it sounds like you say they're little minds, you know, do a park play date, you know, or if you don't have children and they're the only kids, go to the park, meet, meet in a comfortable place for... I think they're living together. Oh, and the kids don't know? Let me read it again. Just just keep going. You know this. <laughs> I I thought I heard it differently. No, they're meeting for the first time, and they're coming over, and I want to get you. They want he. She wants them to get used to it here, like in their home with them. Okay. You know. Yeah. So she's just trying to like figure out any advice that we have for meeting them for the first time, making them feel comfortable in the home and. You know, I think it's a done deal, them living together and being together. Yeah. Kids are just now being exposed to it for the first time. Maybe don't even do it in the home. Maybe go somewhere first then, you know, somewhere comfortable for the kids. The kids have to be the comfortable ones. It might be awkward for you, but you'll get over it. The kids are the ones who it's going to affect who they are as they grow up, you know. So that's my advice is make it as comfortable for the kids as possible. The kids are going to affect who they are. What does that mean? This is going to affect the kids who they are when they grow up. Meeting like remember the one time we came home and dad had a new mom or girlfriend or wife there, you know, like make it easy, make it the easiest transition for them as possible. Yeah. Should she have like a toy or something to gift them? Not unless that's something that they're going to expect every time they come over. 
you know, like if you want to have a little welcome thing for them, like cool, that's fine. But no, be yourself, you know, don't be over the top. Like the kids will probably be, most kids would probably be shy the first time, right? So don't be offended by that. You know, if the kids want nothing to do with you, you know, or don't want to talk to you or hide from you, like they'll warm up, you know, you're a stranger to them. Right? And don't be offended if they just want their dad and they want nothing to do with you. Yeah. You know, like they're probably excited leave. to see their dad and they miss their dad and dad is new and earned that dad is not new. Dad is like comfort zone. So just don't be offended if, you know, that might not. not even be comfort zone, though. If it's something that you guys have moved in and are together now and the kids have been long away long enough to not see this process, the, the kids might not be comfortable anywhere in the house. I mean, you just have to be soft to them. You have to be understanding, you know, it might be bedtime and the kids might cry a lot because they miss their mommy, you know, they miss the other household. You have to be very empathetic and very soft and nurturing to them, you know, just because bedtime, you know, say they're little kids and bedtime seven o'clock and they're crying doesn't mean like, dang, these brats won't go to sleep at seven o'clock. You might need to sit there with them for an hour or two or three while they fall asleep. You might need to you know, rub their back or sing them a song or just be around them, but be kind around them and be soft around them. And they'll learn to grow and trust and love you eventually. Right. Yeah. And then also one of your strengths that I was one, I know you have so many, but one of your strengths that I would say to her too, is just be lighthearted, Mm -hmm. you know, be easy, be fun Super be easy, a guys. friend, be engaging, you know, like yeah. ask questions, but don't be pushy. Right. It's kind of a fine line, like be engaged and interested. But if they don't want a piece of what you're offering up, you need to be okay with like, okay, moving well, on, yeah, like well, roll well, off don't your back. Move on, but don't be offended. Be like, all right, you know, well, maybe don't tr- be like, hey, I asked you a question. Yeah, but maybe try you know. again in a little while, you know, just because you offer the kid a piece of cake and he doesn't take it doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't want it you know try again in a few minutes you know just check in check in a lot because kids have a lot of emotions going through and just because their initial reaction might be no to something doesn't mean that's necessarily what they totally want in their in their heart you know yeah they might just be scared you know so just be soft with them and and I, i don't know just no you you're a great you would be a great person to I'd make bring a great stepdad but yeah, you you're really you really shine in this area. So I think that you have I think I'm more child than adult and that's how it works. This is true, guys. Yeah. But um I think also you just really need to let your partner take the lead. Right. You know, and kind of just follow them like um until you I don't, you know, I just I'm always big on that, I guess. Just just follow the lead and be a support and be like Eric said, you know, just nurturing and kind and um, don't scare kids. I think when people are, feel like they have to suck the oxygen out of the room, right? Like, I'm here. I'm the star. I'm I'm here. Meet me. It's all about me. And kids are like, whoa, this is really weird. Right. You know, there are some people who need to be the center of attention and you just need to not be the center of attention. Like you need to be. Like, you're just here to catch you if you fall. Like, that is your role. 
Um, and maybe someday you will be the center of attention for these kids, but let that happen on its own. Don't put yourself there because I don't think kids really respond to that. Right. We're about to lose Instagram. Bye, you guys. Bye, you guys. We we're have on one you- more. We're on YouTube Live if you guys want to get on there. It's way more funner here on YouTube, <laughs> right, you guys? <laughs> All right. This is kind of a long one, so um, sorry. So get on YouTube. So get on YouTube if you want to follow up. Um, so this person says, I struggle with communication. Yes. <laughs> My stepdaughter is 13. She's getting older now and thinks she's so cool. She probably is. She's changing so fast. I struggle with her because I've stepped up from day one being there for her, loving her like my own, going above and beyond to be there for her. I damn near do anything she asks and wants, and I know that's my problem. I want her approval and love so bad, I go to extreme lengths to prove I'm here for her and to show her what unconditional love is, but as soon as I buy her what she wants, she treats me like I'm, a, like I'm useless to her. I have two teenage daughters as well, 14 and 13, who have suffered from my poor decisions. I'm with my stepdaughter, 13, more than my own children, and my guilt is so bad. We're in the process of fighting for custody, but the girls are back and forth with their decisions. I know that I don't want to hurt their father or I, but I just want what's best for my girls, for my husband's family. I honestly feel like a failure with all three children daily. I know I'm a good mom and I love all three children unconditionally and do my best to be the best mother I can be, but I just feel like I'm failing. I cry myself constantly I cry myself to sleep constantly, wishing God would intervene and help me reunite my family. We are a blended family, and I know it's hard on all of us, but sometimes I want to give up because I feel unappreciated and useless unless I'm buying things for them. I know I need to buckle down and get them to understand that they need to always respect their elders and parents. It's hard with three girls, all started within weeks of each other, but... It's not an excuse to make me feel like I'm always the bad guy no matter what direction I use to redirect. Sometimes I just feel so helpless and unloved or cared about and I'm not asking for sympathy or pity. I'm just venting. I can't talk to my husband about it because he thinks I'm being ridiculous and being strict on my girls except my own. He's perfectly fine with me disciplining mine, but when... I mention any of it of his I'm the bad guy this sucks I love my family so much but so tired of being manipulated and treated like shit well there's a lot there's a lot there um biggest thing is giving her what she wants and then not getting her love in return or that's how you feel no you I think you've gone such great lengths and measures to show her how much you care and how much you love her, that she sees that, and she's using that, and kids are smart, but she's using that to get what she wants when she wants it, but then treating you like crap the rest of the time, um, I would protect yourself. Be like, you know what? Like, tell her next time she wants something. Be like, look, last time I got you this, you know, or I did this for you, and I was there for you, And then look how you treated me afterwards. Remind her how it's going because she knows that you care for her. There's no question there. I don't think this little girl has any 
doubt in her mind that you care for her and that you will do anything for her. And what she's doing is she's just using you now. So by you allowing this to happen and her to use you like this, she's going to do the same type of things to friendships, relationships, and, you know, people around her. So it's allowing her to get away with stuff like this. So if you if you know that you're getting treated a certain way, you need to stop it. You need to tell her. You need to call her out on it and make her learn those hard life lessons now. Otherwise, it's going to serve her no good in life further on down the road. That's my opinion. Yeah. The rest I, is yours. No, I I just, this is kind of frustrating to me because, like, you know what you're doing is wrong, yet you keep doing it. And so do you need to buy a backbone for yourself? Because that's what this sounds like. Like, I don't know, like, have a backbone. You know you need to do better. Do better. Nobody can do that for you. It would be one thing if you were ignorant, but you're not. You're very smart, and you know what you're doing is wrong. And you're caring. You're loving. Like, you want to just care for this kid. But you can't buy love. And you're also teaching kids that, you know, I can buy affection or love or adoration or acceptance. And that's a very dangerous lesson to teach kids as well. But I think you know all this. Like, I think from all of this that I read, the answer lives within you. Right. You know that it's wrong. You know what you need to do. You know, we have guilt for a reason. We have guilt because we know it's wrong. You know, it's kind of one of those God-given things that like nags at us because we have to change. And then once we change, it goes away. Like it's, it's our internal conscience and you know, Instead of like, I feel like God's giving you all the answers because you're feeling all those intuitions and all those gut feelings like God, that's a God given thing that we all possess and you're ignoring it. And I don't know what God's supposed to do with that. I don't know what your kids are supposed to do with that. And if I were your husband, I'd be so frustrated because it's like you're crying about something you're not willing to fix. Yeah, but it's, it's an enabling thing. Like the biggest the biggest lesson here is the lesson that the kid's going to learn. You know, like Julie just said, you know a lot better. You're smarter than this. You're smart enough to know and see everything going around you. All you have to do is take all these pieces and put the puzzle together properly. Right now, all the pieces are out of order. You're buying her stuff to buy her, not even to buy her. I'm not even going to say that, um, but because you care about her and you love her, and you want to show her that you care for her, and show, you know. But the problem is she needs to earn those rewards, you know. It's it's the other way around. You're buying it before she's earning it. She needs to earn it before before you give her these things. And the puzzle pieces are just all mixed up, you know. It's all there, you yeah, know. Yeah, I just, mean, and she let, just needs to learn the lesson. And I mean, you're you are being manipulated. It is. Well, that's what you're that allowing. Was my point. You're allowing the tail to wag the dog. You're allowing, you know, your stepdaughter to manipulate you. And that just shows that you're weak. But you don't want your daughter, your stepdaughter to become the dog eventually. Like you always, you need to teach her these lessons and show her like, it's not okay to treat people this way. Because ultimately when she grows up, she's going to be one of those people that every guy, fa- they fear. You right. Know? Well, and it's like, but then you get the question, well, how do I do that? You just stop. You, you stop. Yeah. Like and you do have the power 
to not buy things and be manipulated. Sometimes you'll find those perfect things or you'll just want to do, you know, and this is a, this is a lesson that I have learned that I have a hard time. I struggle with, with my son sometimes where I'm like, I want to get him something so bad because it would be just, it's just perfect. You know, I find something for him or I know there's something that he wants and I have an opportunity. And then I reflect and I go, well, how was his behavior right before something like this happened? Or does he actually deserve this right now? You know, and it stopped me a lot of times. And that helps not create this spoiled brat who just gets stuff all the time. You know, like behaviors and actions create rewards or disciplines. Right. You know, and I think it's our job as parents to decipher all of that and put them in the right order. And not all great behavior deserves rewards. Kids don't need to be rewarded for everything. They don't need to be bought everything, you know, just because, um, they don't learn to value things. And that's where it comes from. They don't learn to value things. And they think that they don't learn to value hard work and money and, um, you know, and I understand that, you know, you're saying here that you feel guilt about your own two kids. And it's just, it sounds like also you're overcompensating for, not being there for your own two kids. And so we're overcompensating with your stepdaughter because she is there. But maybe she's doing can. this, but maybe she's doing this right with her own two kids. Maybe she is like rewarding them she's when a, it's time to, you know, the lessons are already being there and being taught. But, and here's the thing too. I think that especially as kids become teenagers, there's a natural separation that starts to happen because when you have teenagers that are 15, 16, 17, they're getting ready to up and leave. And if you're treating them like they're three, four and five year olds when they're 15, 16, 17, you know, it's, it's not healthy because you need to create a safe place for them to leave the nest And so my point is, I guess, is like you need to start focusing maybe on yourself, like get a hobby. What makes you happy? What fulfills you outside of the kids? Because these three girls that you love and are your world will leave. And then what? And I think it's a good time in your life to start looking at yourself and Instead of having the urge just to go please and do for them and buy them things and all your time and energy is there, you know, I would start inserting a little bit more of like you time and self-care and, you know, maybe a date night with your husband and, you know, fill, like put your energy, start putting your energy in other places. And I think that might distract you from actually going and doing things and being manipulated into things because you'll be focused on more healthy things. You know, you'll be focused on, you know, getting yourself prepared to be an empty nester because three teenage girls, it's going to happen before you know it. Um, And I think that when you can do that, I think that this will start being less of an issue. And when your stepdaughter sees you, you know, loving yourself and doing like working out or sitting out on the back deck with a cup of coffee and reading a book or, you know, cooking your favorite meal, you know, (laughs) like you're not there to cater for them. Yeah. They're going to start witnessing that, you know, you are focusing a little bit on you and 
that's going to kind of stop them in their tracks. And it's also teaching them to love themselves. You know, we as step parents and parents have to model self-care. You know, how can we expect our kids to be healthy if we're eating fast food every night? How can we expect our kids to be fit if we're couch potatoes and never work out? How can we expect our kids to be disciplined if we're not disciplined with money, you know, or whatever it is? And I think that we are our stepkids example just as much as the bio parents, you know, they're soaking up, they're probably looking at us more, right? Like they're more critical of our being a step parent than a parent. So you have a very unique opportunity to flip the script and really have these girls see you in a new light as a strong woman, as a capable woman, as a woman who will not be manipulated. Um, And I think that's a good place to be in. You have power, use it well. Yeah. (laughs) I had to start the song over. (laughs) We're only a minute. uh, Anyways, you guys, we appreciate you being here, listening to Julie talk for an hour and a half. If you guys hate me talking, let him know. We don't. You have lots of great, insightful... I feel like you get really upset that I talk. (laughs) I don't. I just appreciate everyone being here. (laughs) Thank you guys for tuning in. Julie will be back next Thursday. Tune in and listen to her. Social media, YouTube, lots of YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, that like button. Facebook, that's all you talking on there, right? Chatting with people, the group. Tell me about the group chat real quick or the group help. There's a blended life support Support. group. That's through our Facebook page. It's private. So you have to ask to join and be accepted. Um, But that's a good space. It's a safe space. Um, everyone talks to each other and, you know, everyone brings different solutions and ideas and problems to the table. It's just a good place to feel not alone. Yep. We've got a great blog going, but, uh, if you guys have questions, comments, concerns, feel free to type them below, message us, email us, find us on any of the social media platforms, the blended life. And we have been live every Thursday night at seven thirty. Pacific Standard Time, so we would encourage all you guys to join in with us, ask questions, chat with us, and be a part of this, and just thank you guys for being part of our blended family. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.